Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. and then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, we have children's ministry available for both services and if you need to get more information on the church you can go to calvarydivine.org. All right so I entitled this Are You Still Sleeping and Taking Your Rest? Keep watch and pray. Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Keep watch and pray. We'll look at it in three parts. Watch him remain in verses 32 through 34. In verses 35 and, uh, through 38, watch him pray. And then in verses 39 through 42, wake up, the hour has come. Wake up, the hour has come. So last week we had the disciples. We left off as the disciples were given the, uh, the information that the sheep would scatter. Right? And, and not only that, he was giving them, Jesus was telling them, this is going to fulfill a prophecy in Zechariah. This is going to happen because the prophecy says so. And then Peter, with all of his pride, decides that he wants to, I, I'll die for you, Lord. And Jesus tells him that, that Satan has come to sift him. And Peter, uh, the prophecy of Peter's denial is given to him by Jesus. And so we'll, we'll see all of these things be fulfilled uh, in the next probably uh, 10 to 15 verses as we continue through chapter 14. The one thing we need to remember is that they were on the Mount of Olives as this conversation is happening. And now they're moving into the Garden of Gethsemane. And the, this whole teaching uh, today is really the importance of a couple of things. One, are you awake? Two, are you praying? Right? Um, and, and the disciples are going to be, uh, we're, we're going to be taught to be great teachers of the word. But remember the one thing that Jesus taught them was what? How to pray. He didn't teach them how to preach. He taught them how to pray. How to pray. It's important for us. In, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, it says, do, you, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And this is Jesus speaking. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we have, all, uh, have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you, have, if you forgive others and trespass, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespass, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Two great Bible scholars, D.L. Moody and, and Billy Graham, both were asked towards the end of their life, what were the one thing they would change? 
in their ministry if they could. And both of them said, I would spend more time in prayer. I would spend more time in prayer. And that's what we need to be as followers of Christ and, and as a church, we need to be in prayer. I hear more people complain about our nation, but are they praying? You're supposed to be praying for your leaders. You're supposed to be praying for the United States, praying for the governor, praying for the president, praying for the Congress. We'll complain all day long, but that's not really helping. You need to get on your knees and pray. And that's really what we're going to talk about is like, what does your prayer life look like? And I can tell you this week, I've, we've had many opportunities to pray. There has been a lot of stuff going on in the church. People getting sick. You know, people that passed. Uh, people in the hospital. It's an opportunity to pray consistently all week. But I had to ask myself, am I doing this when, when we're not in the valley? When we're on the mountaintop? Because we get complacent and we start neglecting our word and we start neglecting prayer. And, and we, need to be, we need to be a church and followers of Christ that put an emphasis on prayer in our lives daily. Let's look at our first point and watch him remain in verse 32. It says, and they, set, and they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Sit here while I pray. So the, the place is the Garden of Gethsemane. And we know it's a garden because John's Gospel tells us that it's a garden. It's explained as a garden. But it's actually a garden of uh, olive trees. Now when you go to Israel, it's not. There are some olive trees there, but most of it is churches on that road now. Um, and, and so it's a place where Jesus came frequently. And we know that because of Luke chapter 22, verse 39. It says, And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. So how did Judas know where he was going? Because he knew where Jesus would be. In John 18, 2, Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place for Jesus often met there with his disciples. And so we, we see the garden and, and uh, it's in the Kindron Valley and it actually looks over the city. And then within a few hours, Jesus will be heading to the cross, crucified and die. We're within hours of everything happening. And yet he's the perfect Lamb of God to be slain, crucified on the cross. And the word Gethsemane actually means the place of the presser. The place of the presser. That's where they actually press the olives to make olive oil. Now, in order to make olive oil, they would use these big, big stones to turn, to get the olives pressed down, and then they would put them inside this presser which was just a big, another big stone where they would just put weight down. And they would, they would press. And then you would get the oil that would come out. And in this garden, Jesus is going to go through the pressure and the pressing of understanding that the cup of wrath is not that far from Him. There's an understanding of what's fixing to happen. 
And it's all going to take place in the garden. And there's so many parallels to the garden of Adam and Eve in the garden of Gethsemane. You know, when we look at it, you, you look at the garden of Eden, it was all delightful, right? It was heaven. Everything was good to go. There was no sin. There was no illness. There was no death. All the things we dealt with this week, none of it was here. But now Jesus is going to be the last Adam as He prays with the Father and He's dealing with the, the cup of wrath which is dreadful. Adam in the garden actually disobeyed and sinned and fell from Satan. The Savior actually suffered and obeyed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Adam is conquered by sin, but Jesus conquered His own will in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we'll talk about that as we get closer to that verse. But Adam took the fruit from Eve's hand and God sought for Adam and Christ took the cup from the Father's hand and yet Jesus sought after God. And, and Adam, actually his self-indulgence ruined us. And it's Jesus that actually restores us. And you know what Adam's will was? Is my will be done. And Jesus' attitude was, Thy will be done. So Jesus tells them to sit and pray. That's a command. He tells them that you, you're going to sit here and watch. And then He takes three. In verse 33, He took with them Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And so He grabs Peter, James, and John. And so the question is, why does he grab these three? Well, we know Peter is eventually going to be the leader of, the, of these disciples. But also, these three tend to, tend to get in the most trouble as well. Right? And so you're probably thinking, maybe he took them because, man, they're always getting in trouble. And they want to call thunder down on people and fire and brimstone. And it's like, and Peter's always questioning everything. But we know that this is a pattern that's happened with Jesus in the Mount Transfiguration in Luke chapter 9, verse 28. He took them uh, uh, to the mountain when the, the little girl was raised from the dead in Luke chapter 8, verse 51. It was Jesus that brought Peter, James, and John in with them, along with the mother and the father as they raised the little girl from the dead. But I love what he says. He tells them something that's personal that's on his heart. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. My soul is very sorrowful. The word very sorrowful or distressed that you may have in, in your translation, that word means struck with terror. This is God's Son, fully God, fully man, struck with terror. Because the cup of wrath, the weight of sin, is now apparent and how close it is to happening. And Jesus knows what He has to endure. You think about just one of your sins, and Jesus endured that, but you sin every day. Every day. When you're jealous, when you don't want to give forgiveness, 
when you want to be angry, when you want to be wrathful, when you want to start throwing things like a child, when you want to start lying. That's just the some of the sins. And let me tell you something, they're all sin to God. When you murder somebody, that's a sin. It's no different than lying. They're all sin. And yet Jesus takes all of that. Every bit of it. The whole world's sin. Past and present and future. You think about some of the things that have been done in this world. Just the, the things that are just... That make you, you just like, I can't even believe that happened. And yet Jesus takes that sin on, upon him. And he has to be separated from the Father. And Jesus is greatly distressed. Something I want to make sure you understand is that that verse where he says, he said to them. Sometimes we come into church and we play church. Okay? Jesus was real about what was going on in his heart. He, he was distressed. He was sorrowful. And he's telling these guys, hey, I'm hurting. I need you to sit with me, remain with me, watch with me. Let me tell you something. If you get a phone call from somebody at midnight when they're trying to kill themselves... Sometimes it's just sitting and listening and praying. It's being real. And yet what will happen is we'll come into church and we'll act like everything's great. And I'm not saying that you've got to put your business out on the street. I'm not saying that. But you should have somebody in the church that you can actually say, you know what, I need prayer. Somebody that's going to give you godly wisdom, godly discernment. And somebody's actually going to give you the word of God to, to wash that over you. You need that. Do you have that? We all need that. Because we see Jesus needed it. And... and I love David. David in Psalm 69, verse 2 and 3. Because when I looked at this and I was thinking of the terror that Jesus is going through. In Psalm 69, verse 2, it says, I sink in the deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary without crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. And we see that, that David's in a, in a very desperate situation and there's great distress. And yet, do you see what he says? I'm still waiting on God to act. God's going to show up. This hasn't happened yet. The waters are probably right up to us. You know, that's what it feels like. As he's grasping for air and yet he's still waiting for God. And so we need to be real. We need to be open about what's going on in our hearts. He tells them you need to be you need to remain and watch. Sit, remain, watch. And the sad part is they will sit. They'll remain, but they'll fall asleep. 
And let's look at our second point, watch and pray in verse 35. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And so we know in, in Luke chapter 22, verse 41, it says that he kneeled down first and then he sank to the ground. It was, it was the weight, the pressure, the pressing in the Garden of Gethsemane that he's feeling. And the thing I thought about was Daniel. We went through the book of Daniel not too long ago. And, and Daniel was going through this, this great distress himself as he got the prophecy of, of the tribulation, the Antichrist, the, the great tribulation. And Daniel's struggling because he sees that his nation is going to go through a, a great tribulation. Death like you've never, never thought of. Nothing like it's ever been on earth. And in Daniel chapter 9, verse 20, I love Daniel because Daniel was a man of God from the time that he comes on the scene to the time he goes home to be with the Lord. You never hear about Daniel messing up. All you know about Daniel was he was a man of prayer. He consistently prayed. Consistently prayed. And that's really something we should learn from. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 20, it says, While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin... And the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my plea before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the first, came to me in a swift flight at the time of, of the evening sacrifice. He made me understand, speaking with me, me and saying, O Daniel, I have now come out to give you insight and understanding. And at the beginning of your pleas, uh, for mercy, a word went out, and I have come to tell you, you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. We see the distress that Daniel's having, and one of the things that I love about that is the first thing that comes out of, out of the angel Gabriel who shows up. And don't let, me, don't let you not think that in your time of distress, when you're crying out, that an angel can comfort you. He can. God can still send angels. I think we've, we've, you know, all things are possible with God. Right? We forget that. But he tells them at the beginning of your pleas. So the moment that he's pleading in prayer to God, it's in heaven. And God's saying, Gabriel, I need you to go see Daniel. And what are you going to tell Daniel when you get there? You're greatly loved. You're greatly loved. He encourages them. He brings comfort to him. Peace. And that's, at the end of the day, what, what we know is going to happen. And Luke, it tells us that the angels even try to comfort Jesus in this moment. And we all are going to go through trials and tribulations. And there are going to be times when you feel like falling apart. And you're down on your knees. And you'll have the comfort of a, a church that will pray with you. Or friends in the church that will pray with you. Or people in the community that are follow, followers of Christ that will say, Hey, let me come over. Let me pray with you. Or they'll stop what they're doing and they pray over the phone with you. 
But ju just remember this. When Jesus was on the cross, He endured that alone. He was alone. And yet we see Jesus praying. That's why I asked that question. Is this an area that, that needs work in your, your walk? But I love what He says in verse 36. And He said, Abba, Father... All things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Abba, Father. Now, a lot of us, because we've had earthly fathers that weren't really great fathers, that's hard for us to wrap our head around. But your Abba, Father, God, is always just, is always merciful, is always there for you. Is always loving. He, he's the same today, yesterday, forever. He does not change. And yet Jesus calls on His Father. Abba, Father. That is the same word in the Greek that means Daddy. It's a tenderness. There's, there's as if a small child talking to His Father. And it when I looked at this and I asked myself, is this the relationship that I have with God where I can cry out, Abba, Father? Is my relationship this close? And I can tell you, it was tested this week. We've had five kids. We've never had any of them in the, in the NICU. We've never had any premature children. We never had any of them get sick in their first month of life. We had that with our grandson this week. And as they had to put him in an ambulance. And you have to comfort your child. And all I can do is pray. And cry out, Abba, Father. We need to learn to understand that there's a relationship this is not a religion. Following Christ is not a religion. It is a relationship. It's a relationship. And our relationship should be this way to, to where we can cry out, Abba, Father. And unfortunately, sometimes the brokenness that we go through reminds us of the relationship that's needed. It reminds us why we went to the Word of God and, and how the Holy Spirit brings up the Word of God as we're trying to minister to our child or to our other kids. And he tells them, uh, whatever it, it is, we know all things are possible for you. So he's saying, take this cup of judgment from me. And this is the greatest suffering that will ever take place on this earth is what Jesus took on the cross. And there is no other way. There is no other way. And David Guzik said this, he said, Jesus wasn't asking for permission to let humanity perish to hell. He was, he was asking the Father if there's any other possible way to save humanity other than the agony that awaits me at the cross, let it be. Yet there was no other way, so Jesus went to the cross in obedience to the Father.
And there is no other way to heaven. It's only through Jesus Christ in John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There are not many roads to heaven. The only way that you get to heaven is through repentance. I'm a sinner because that's a debt you can't pay. And asking Christ into your heart. You turn from your sins. He seals you with the Holy Spirit and you're His. And yes, you're going to continue to sin. Your past, your present, your future sins are forgiven. But what happens is when you begin to understand in the relationship with Christ, you understand what it costs for Him to be on the cross and you sin less. This is the only way. Lord, petition. Jesus is petitioning the Lord, the Father. In James chapter 4, verse 2, it says, you, do, you, desire, uh, you desire and do not have, so you murder, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Jesus is asking, is there another way? There's not. But I'm afraid that some of us don't even spend the time asking. Like actually asking God, Lord, I, I need you to bless the house, bless the marriage, bless the family, bless the business. Like, are you praying for those things? Do you have a prayer list? Does it have dust on it? Because sometimes what we'll do is we'll make a prayer list and then we just, we forget about it. Are you, are you the type of person that tells somebody, I'll pray for you. And then you walk away from them and you never pray. Are you that person online, on Instagram or Facebook, I'll pray for you and you never pray. We don't ask. We don't ask. We spend more time complaining than asking. You know that? We'll spend more time complaining than asking. At the end of the day, it's like we're, as a church, even as a church, we should spend that time in prayer instead of complaining about it. You know? It's like I remember we, we just, we're, we're barely a year and six months, I think, as a church. We need a building. I've had that happen quite a bit. And I'm like, we need to be, we need to take care of what God has given us here before he gives us what's next. And honestly, if you want a building, these seats are going to have to be filled up. Are we praying for it? Or just complaining about it? And I would ask people, are you praying for that? No, I just want to tell you I want to build. <laughs> it's like, I get it. I, I do too. I get it. I'd like to have a permanent spot. But at the same time, man, we are a non-traditional church in a, in a very non-traditional time in a very non-traditional building. And I would never have walked into a church because how how lost I was. I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing it. I went to a church. First church I ever went to was in a movie theater at the Alamo Draft House. I felt comfortable doing that because I could sit in the back in the dark and I could get out before anybody ever saw me come in. But eventually God's word kept washing over me. And people were praying over me. And, and, and that's actually a prayer box as well. You can actually put your prayers in that box and we have a prayer team that actually prays. And somebody put my family in the box in November of 2008. 
And Pastor Joe handed me as the last child, all five kids, gave their life to Christ, handed me the prayer request from 2008 and said, here, this has been answered. All five kids and my wife all came to know Christ because they asked. They kept knocking. They kept seeking. They didn't go to sleep on it. If you have a prayer list, stay with it. Stay at it. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is, uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, If you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.